Welcome to Cooking the Books, the food and hospitality podcast discussing all aspects of the industry. We interview chefs, butchers, brewers, winemakers, restaurateurs, restaurant managers, and we talk about how they got to this point, through the good times and the bad, and what they've got planned for the future. This is Cooking the Books. This week on the podcast, we had one of my closest friends, Thomas Anglesey, a.k.a. Little Tom, a.k.a. Tommy Guns, a.k.a. Tommy Rotten, goes by many an alias. This was awesome. I loved this chat. He's one of my best friends in all the world. We, we, we laughed about some, some, some funny times we've had together. It was just fantastic reminiscing and listening to Tom's career and going back through some of the stuff. It was amazing. Tom's had an amazing career so far and it's just getting going. He's really starting to get a bit of traction. He's got some amazing news coming up soon, which we can't release, which I'm fucking spewing about. But I would really love to, really, I would love to be the one releasing it, but unfortunately we can't. Um, yeah, this was just a whole lot of fun. He's, he's, got, he's had an, an amazing career, worked at some fantastic restaurants, and yeah, it was a prop giggle having this one. He had me in stitches. I hope everyone enjoys it and has a, has a few laughs like I did. Now, over to the show. How are you doing? How's it, how's it going? No. All good, yeah. Good, busy, busy, you know how it is. Uh, there's lots of things going on at the moment through work and... Uh, this and that, so yeah, keeping busy, which is good. What um, do you want to take two minutes to tell everyone who you are and what you do and all the rest of it? Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, so I'm Tom Anglesey, um, and uh, yeah, I'm a chef. Uh, we have a restaurant on Hackney Road called uh, The Laughing Heart, which has been open about two and a half years, which is predominantly well, it's a wine, a natural wine bar, uh, predominantly, and then we do um you know small daily changing menu to go alongside it um and yeah that's uh that's basically yeah i'm from uh northeast durham same as yourself yeah um, exactly motherland been here, been here there and everywhere and yeah been yeah basically based in london for the last three years you've started getting a bit of a reputation for the, like an asian style Asian European style food, right? You kind of blend them to them two styles because not not in a uh, not in a tacky kind of way, but more you know you, you've actually worked in that style of restaurant. But you're definitely starting to get a reputation for that that style of food. Yeah, I mean it's something that I don't know. I never kind of meant to go down that path, but it it kind of just naturally. You know, you, you spend most of your career cooking other people's food and, and, you know, being regimented into, into you know, people's styles. And, and I just once you start having your own restaurant in your own kitchen, you start cooking your own food. It, it kind of just gone down that path. I mean, uh, I guess it all stems from Australia, I, I guess, when I uh, got the opportunity to work at, at Spice Temple and, and um started to understand about Asian ingredients and we and even just eating it day in day out I mean um, you know yourself in Sydney I mean uh, the amount of the, the amount of Asian food that's on hand like literally just on your doorstep and starting to eat that kind of stuff and, and falling in love with those flavors and yeah it's so I mean uh, don't get me wrong we're still we still cook very uh, it's still 
cemented in a lot of technique as well, French techniques, just the way we finish things. I mean, we might use soy instead of salt and we use a lot of, you know, vinegars and, and it's just a way of, of kind of like finishing things off that, um, you know, kind of lean into Asian, the Asian style of, of, of cookery, which is really interesting, actually. Yeah, definitely. It's No, it is. It's great. It, like you say, using the soys and the and the and the sours and all the rest of it, it's, the world's getting smaller, isn't it? At the end of the day, and, and you're just amalgamating the two the two flavors that you've worked with. I think it's a real true like um, representation as well of where you've worked. You, you are you are, you're a product of, you, of of your environment. At the end of the day, do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I think I mean every chef, you know, work, they go through their careers and they get to work in you know different different restaurants and um, different cuisines hopefully I mean I mean some some people don't some people just cook the, the same things throughout the career and at the end of the day when when you have your own place and, and you're cooking your own menu I mean you can only kind of cook what you know basically or not have the opportunity to see so many different styles and work in, in different cuisines um, yeah it just it's what I know so um, yeah it makes it makes it a lot easier to to cook that that kind of food you know yeah i guess back as well when we when we first started well when i first started and you a bit a bit later on it was very much like um you would see a little bit you might see like the odd spring onion do you know what I mean? i'm sorry the odd spring yeah. onion. What am I not? you might see the, the odd um spring roll do you know what i mean you might be like someone venturing out with a spring roll do you know what i'm saying yeah and that, <laughs> yeah i mean back then it was uh if you say right, we're going to do an Asian dish. You, you you just reach for the cupboard, wouldn't you? And you find anything Asian, and you just stick it all in there. You're like, right, put 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 soy in there, chili. Chili's definitely Asian. We'll put some chili in there, ginger. That's it. And you just throw it all in. There's no understanding towards balance or um, you know harmony within what you're cooking. And no real understanding in it. And to be honest, it wasn't really. Um, you know, wasn't really prevalent back then, was it? it was, you wouldn't really find many Asian restaurants around town. And, and what you would find, like, if you went for a Chinese or something, it wasn't, you know, it's very westernized um, Chinese, which was based, you know, towards, you, you know, um, I guess, like, non-Asians, basically. So there was no real understanding of, of Asian cookery. Yeah, it'd be like... Um Ken Hong's stir fry sauce. Do you remember that? Like you know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean. Exactly, exactly. It'd be that, it'd yeah. be that kind of. Yeah. You need to stay still, man. You, you need honestly. You need to stay still. I can't. Seriously, you know me. I'm, I'm yeah, but Gary Dahl says skin full of frogs. I know, but because because you're walking around, you're losing your you, you, your signal, and the audio break keeps crackling because you can't sit still. It's pretty important. Right, it's I'll pretty important that we. Do you know what I mean? You, you seem to manage I'm to. Getting bollock, I'm getting bollock. We're only five minutes in. I'm already getting a bollock. <laughs> you managed to sit there all right when, when you're driving, so you must be all right doing this. The um, I'm all over the road, <laughs> hanging out the window, sitting in the back seat. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, you're driving, Tom. Oh, it's all right. I'm just gonna go. You know, I'd hate to go in a camper van with you. Fucking, I'd be out the back making a sandwich. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tom, Tom, you're driving. No, it's on cruise control. Okay, no. The, um, no, but all jokes aside, like as well, what, what, what I was saying with that, like you'd see that like, the odd spring roll or the the fried, you know, the fr stir fried vegetables or whatever it might be on the menu, but people kind of like 
you know, it wouldn't. It probably wouldn't sell. Would be one thing. People would be a bit scared. To see it wouldn't sell, or you know, or the other things that I remember saying is like hearing by other chefs is like almost like stay in your lane. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. on, if a menu's French, it needs to be French. If the menu's you know Italian, it needs to be Italian. You know, like a little bit of a European amalgamation, but not really like you wouldn't have like um, you know, you know. Tornador beef or whatever, and then some like deep fried crispy duck or something along those. Do you know what I mean? You just yeah. you wouldn't have that. It would be almost like, well, why would you put them two things on the menu together because they don't sit together? But yeah. no, but when nowadays it's just like, well, the chef has worked here and he's worked there, so he's just putting on what he wants. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like that, that yeah. what you're doing at the Laughing I mean, Heart think- example of that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, sometimes I look at the menu and I'm like, how are we? You know, this is just a free license. Well, that's the way I like to cook. You know, I, I was looking at menus last week, and you know, there's a real classical. Uh, you know, we had coco banon, like really something steeped in French tradition. And really, we did um, chicken ballantines. You know, very. We did them stuffed and wrapped, and and then served with like pom puree and rich red wine sauce and button mushrooms, and you know that's just sitting alongside a steamed piece of you know steamed piece of stone bass with shellshing broth and ginger. <laughs> I'm like, how are we getting how are we getting away with this? You know, yeah, people, exactly. People love it, and and, and um, you know, it just goes to show that there's a lot more freedom in in what you can do now and and um letting the chef's personality come through you know rather than i mean those you can still go for go for italian food or you can go for indian food or or whatever but we kind of just you know it's a real license to just you know free freely cook which is which is amazing as a chef like you say i think that's exactly what you say um what you just said it shows the chef's personality that's exactly you know that that that's it really i think that that that, that nails it yeah and like look and then, and, go on sorry go on and then we get a lot of influence from the i mean we we work in a very small team and we, there's only i mean four chefs on the rotor and you know some nights it's just two of us and um we're taking on another another guy now it's gonna be five of us but we've always had we've always been lucky to have a real high standard of of cooks come through the door who have all worked in 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 other places as well and and they bring their own personality to the menu as well and their own stamp and i mean we had we had a couple of guys come out of Sweden uh, last year they've been working at a three star called uh, Memo and you know the the menu went a bit scandy for a while you know <laughs> so it's like yeah it, I mean we just it, we just cook what we want to cook on on the day and as long as it it has a reference point and and it's tasty and um yeah I'm 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 like pretty open to putting whatever i think that is definitely a credit to you to be honest with you tom with in the fact of you do let people just do not do what they want like they're not fucking coming in juggling and, and with face painted like clowns but i'm just saying like you let them put whatever food they want on as long as it's up to the stand and the rest yeah. of, and you give them a free reign and and acknowledge well, it i think it's i think it's in, important i remember i never really got that opportunity to i'd always worked in restaurants where you you know you're in a big team and hierarchy and the menus are there and set and i mean it wasn't until i got down to the red line in wiltshire um that i finally got to start you know exploring your own dishes and you get a great satisfaction of of creating something yourself and, and putting it on the menu and watching it sell and then getting feedback from it and 
You know, I just I think it's important for chefs who, you know, done a lot of training themselves and and been through the been through the traps to, um, you know, start really, you know, exploring their own style of cooking as well, which which is great for everyone because everyone learns. You know, I, I mean, I'm learning as much as they're learning because I'm seeing different styles of. Oh, exactly, hundred percent as well. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. So where did it all begin? In? Well, I know the I know this story, obviously. Well, you know, yeah. But let's let's well, uh, let's hear it all. Well, never. I mean, you know, I was I went to school in in Durham, and I mean, I, I'd always had a job. I, I had a paper round for like I don't know, first ten years of my life, like seven days a week, <laughs> six pound a week. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, I was just used to working. I mean, and I've got to say, it's, Durham. It's, sorry, you know, Durham must be the the hilliest city that you could ever go to it's off the chart to be lugging and you must back in them days you must have been like oh, three stones soaking wet no, with boots on do you know what I mean like <laughs> carrying a bloody Mate, a, rain 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 snow and shine I was out there in the morning with me big discman that was half, <laughs> half the weight was carrying, carrying me discman around um <laughs> were yeah. you back up CDs and um, you back up uh, CDs but, but, <laughs> I was greedy, wasn't I? So in- instead of just doing one paper round, I did two. Did you really? I, went, I used to go back to the sh- used to go back to the shop and get my second round. It used to take me about an hour and a half every morning before school. On your push like bike or, or walking? No, no, walking. <laughs> I mean, when I first started out, it, it was uh, it was bags, but you know, times changed. I got I managed to get a trolley by the end. Did you really? And, uh, Honestly, it was uh, so. I was used to. I used to working, and I think it's a real northeast mentality, isn't it, of of, of grafting? And um, yeah, as soon as I was sixteen, um, I thought, you know, I, I was at I was at schools looking for a bit more money, and um, I saw. I was just walking past. Uh, you remember Chad? It was Chadwick's at the time. Was yeah, just yeah. opening up and uh, looking for kitchen porters. So. Um, I applied for a kitchen porter's job and met met you guys. Um, just met met the right people. I think. I mean, all those all those chefs that were in that kitchen at that time are still friends to this day, and that was uh, nearly eighteen years ago. Um, which yeah. is testament to to being grounded uh, for your career. I think. I did, and I just remember I, I was washing up. I just fell in love with that kind of. Uh, restaurant life you know meeting new people and having the buzz of service and being like uh, you know being in this environment where it's like manic and and there's so much like passion and care for what people are doing and then obviously like I I looked like I looked about 10 when I was 16 and and it it was at the time it was at the time where all my mates had like fake IDs and were getting into the pubs and clubs and I had no chance so I was quite happy just working every weekend you know and having that money in my pocket yeah I remember I think it was Maka he went away he went away on summer holidays and they were like, oh, do you want to fill in? It was it was my summer holidays from school as well. And they were like, oh, do you want to fill in the kitchen, do, you know, um, do the desserts? And, and uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. So I started doing that. And then, you know, I don't think I ever uh, washed up after that. I was just a chef after that. Yeah, like, and then, you got, yeah. got one of your mates, I think, if I remember <laughs> rightly. Like, right, I'll get one of my mates to do my job. And I'll do this. <laughs> That was about right, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the trick. And then I think that was my last year of school and did my GCSEs and 
And then the option was, you know, what do I do? Do I stay on and do sixth form at the same school and or, or go to college? Or um, And um, I decided to go to sixth form and, you know, it was at the same – it was basically in the same school that I went to school where there was just an extra two years. And I think I lasted until lunchtime. I thought, oh, fuck this. I'm, this is just like being back at I'm not doing another two years of this. So um, I ended up at the sixth form college, which is literally like a stone's throw away from my mum's house. Um, and it was more, you know, I did more sports studies. I was on the football team and it was pretty relaxed. But at the same time, I was, I was, I was pulling lots of shifts at um, Chadwick's, which turned into Hyde. At that point, they did a big extension. It was really busy. It was, it was a manic restaurant. But I, I remember I would like wake up, I'd, I'd go do a lesson in the morning uh, across the road and then I'd go up and do lunch service and then I'd come back down and do a lesson in the afternoon and then I'd go and do dinner service. And, yeah, I remember so, I, was, I was sitting my, I was seeing one of my, a, my A-levels and I was sat in there, I sat in the exam hall and I was reading, <laughs> reading the questions on this exam and I was like, I said, I don't have a fucking clue how to answer this. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you I'm what, I know how to make a creme brulee, <laughs> so fuck it. <laughs> so I thought, oh, uh, you know, and I was used to having that. Uh, I, I used to have that money in my pocket. And I thought I'd just be a chef. It's way easier. So, um, <laughs> so I kind of dropped. I didn't complete my A levels, and I kind of told my parents, I was like, look, I'm just going to be a chef, and they were like, oh, all right, are you sure you want to do this? And, um, and then I kind of made a, a promise to myself that I'll do it properly. And I spoke to your parents. Yeah. Do you remember that? I spoke to your parents. Did you? Really? Yeah, I, I, swear, I, did. I was wondering if you remember this because you were like, oh, they're not, they're not that happy that I'm leaving college and this and that. And the other, and you're like, is there any chance you can speak to them? And I was like, well, yeah, I can, I can tell you. Well, yeah, all right. And then, you know, and I, and I just said, you know, okay, I think it'll be all right. I think you'll be good at this. Yeah. You know, he's got heaps of energy, he's got the right attitude, and I think, he, you know, I think he can do quite well. No, like, all right, fuck it. Let's... Yeah. No, it just worked out well, and, you know, I was just, I had such a thirst for, for getting the fuck out of Durham and just to go, go experience life and the world, and that, like, being a chef just gives you that amazing opportunity to, if you want it, to... to to go anywhere you want and you know that you can cook anywhere you like and um did you always yeah, did I you mean, always have first... that sorry did you always have that tom that you just want to say thirst weren't you but i cut you off but did you always like from a young age you know you wanted to travel and things did you no not so much like know that i wanted to tra- i just was super excited by new things you know yeah yeah and, uh, just like just wanted that excitement and wanted that yeah, I wasn't you know if somebody gave me an opportunity I'll be like yep no I'm in I'm in I'm in I'm in you know like no problem wouldn't wouldn't think twice about it and no I uh, as a 16 year old kid when you're meeting these like older chefs and you know it's kind of back then it was kind of you know the lifestyle and smoking loads of weed and having a good time yeah it was like, wow, I'm 16 and like all day you work hard. Don't get me wrong. Like we were pulling some big long ass days in that yeah. place and it was so busy and you know, you, you don't have a fucking clue how to cook, which makes it even harder. Um, and you, you know, you're just learning, learning the ropes, but then, you know, after work, 
you know, you, you go go to a party or smoke weed, and we used to go down to Red Card. Do you remember that? Yeah, go, yeah, of course. Like, visit your your mates down there, and I just thought, oh, this is this is great. I love some of this, and then. Um, <laughs> And then obviously it got a bit more serious, and uh, we moved we moved down to Manchester for a little bit, didn't we? And, yeah, that, um, and we lived with that stripper. That was my, like my first, oh mate, that was uh, that nearly put me off travelling for life. That one. <laughs> but after two, after three months, I was like, I'm going, I'm going home. Remember, we lived in we we lived in Robert. He said, Oh, just move down to Manchester with me. It'll be great. I've got a really good job, and you can just work here if you like. So I'm, I'm, I worked at the Restaurant Bar and Grill, which is, you know, was just pumping like 400 covers a night. And, you know, I knew at that point, I knew how to be fast. I was fast as fuck as a chef. And I knew how to get on plus. And uh, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't have particularly good, like, I never had any quality at that point. Or, but I knew, how, like, I knew how to get on board. And that's all that was needed at that place. And I was getting paid shitloads of money. And I was, um, I used to work eight days on a thing and then take four days off and I'd just go back to Durham. Yeah, with all your money, I remember, yeah. Buying all the guys all the rounds and that. But that house, he said, oh, I found it was a place to live. I was like, it's it's dead cheap. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, like, all right. And that was my first experience of moving out of home and we lived in this. Honestly, I don't know whether it was a squat or it was a... Uh, what was, was it, man? Wasn't what? It, eh? <laughs> I don't know. When um, every, uh, everyone's yeah. bedroom's door, when everyone's bedroom door had their own locks, I thought, oh, we're in for something. Uh, I mean, you'd come home and the rate the radiators would have like burst. It would be, like, remember we was like an- ankle deep in water one time, and then you know there was. A little, do you remember we come home one night? Psycho stripper. Do you remember we come home one night? Do you remember the tipping point for me was was you were away, I think, and I stood a long day at work, and I come uh, I come back with uh, put me put me key in the door, and then all of it I was like, what the fuck? It's like, it's a big Alsatian dog. It's a big, like, ex-police dog about trying to, trying to grab your keys through the door. I was like, oh. I was like, I can't even get into my own house. I was like, who? I rang you. I was like, whose dog's this? I, had to, I, I went, I went, I don't want, I had to ring my mum at that point. I was like, my mum coming up. I was like, I've had enough. <laughs> So that same dog. The, uh, okay, the ceiling, the ceiling was caving in. Uh, but anyway, I'm surprised how everyone traveling after that. So anyway, I came. I came well, back, let me just say about that dog. Let me say about that dog. You know, what I did one time. Right, I don't know. If, I think I told. I can't remember. I told you, but exactly. I am. Um, I got home one night. The same thing, and I didn't know that bird had bought a, bought a dog, and then. Um, like I say, this massive Alsatian, like, was it, was it an Alsatian? No, was it an Alsatian? Like, the ship, like, and the police yeah, it was dog, an Alsatian, it? yeah. yeah, it, was yeah. A, it was a full-on police dog. <laughs> and I, I get there, and I'm like, I open the door, same thing as you, and the dog just going, rah, 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 and like, I can't fucking get in my own house that I'm meant to be living in. It was a proper fucking shithole, proper shithole. And then, um, it's going, rah, 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 going crazy. I was like, so what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I've got nowhere else to go, this is it. And I thought, right, there's only so long that dog come back for. 
They, I, can, <laughs> I can stand here all day. That thing can't move. Like, you know, finish work, 12 o'clock at night, one in the morning, whatever. He's like, Arr! and it took about 45 minutes, but it barked itself so much, it just fucking fell over. I just opened the door and stepped over it. <laughs> just went to bed. I swear to God, that's, that's a true story. Fucking hell. Oh, that was crazy. That was, yes. that, that was a crazy old time, that one. We've lived together yeah. so many times. I mean, Go on. It was good, and then I, I came home. I came home after that, and then obviously worked for um, worked for Terry Laybourne at, at um, Cafe Twenty One, and then Bistro Twenty One. And I mean, um, I just got really good opportunities after that, and it kind of paved paved the way for me um, career wise. I remember, like, I was at Bistro Twenty One, and Mark, the head chef there, had used to work with Stuart um, Gillies, who was the head chef at the Boxwood for Ramsey down in Knightsbridge and uh, my friend Kurt uh, had the opportunity to um, go down and do a stage there and uh, it's pretty funny actually because Kurt he, you know he, he did a stage there but it was in the five star Barclay Hotel and you know Kurt, Kurt's mum and dad do a pretty pretty uh, wealthy and so they put him up they put up in the Barclay five star hotel <laughs> for his stars. <laughs> They're like uh, so everyone was asking, Where are you staying, mate? Where are you staying? He goes, Oh, staying upstairs. <laughs> Come down in his robe. Coming down with <laughs> I in his, his slippers and that. But um yeah, he came back up, he loved it and I was I said to Mark, uh, are you gonna send me down? He goes, Well, it took another six months and then he sent me down and and Stuart was like, oh, what are you doing at the moment? I never expected to be offered a job. I thought I'd just go down for a day. And, and Stuart was like, oh, you should come down and work here. And I was like, yeah, fine, I'm, I'm, I'm there. So, um, yeah, I ended up going down. I think I was 18 when I, when I first moved to London. I was getting paid like 12 grand a year and living like Tooting miles away what did from work. Tooting, yeah. Just used to, oh man, it was like 18 hour days, five days a week, and you're just running from like 8 a.m. till, till like 1 a.m. in the morning, just running around the place like a little wicket. It was like crazy times. And then, you know, it'd take you another hour to get home. I, do you remember I come and worked a couple of days with you? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. And you, were like, yeah you were like, well, yeah. we've got to get out by like, I think it was like 11. <laughs> 25 i was like well it's fucking 11 20 now and i'm still you know on the floor still needs doing it he goes because if we if we miss the ch- if we miss the subway we've got to get the bus i was like the bus because yeah we've we've, <laughs> we've got to we've got to walk down to where pa- was it parliament did you walk down to parliament was it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, we've got to walk down Honestly, to parliament if you, miss, if you miss that last tube you were like that, that's it you're not getting home before half two in the morning yeah in the morning. so it was like so then we, we obviously we missed it I, I think i worked three days with you we missed it every fucking night so it was like every night we, was, we were like trudging bags on knife wrap raining walking like dark mid london i was like what the fuck am i doing and walk down there get on the bus and then did you have to change the bus did you have to change i think did you change it? yeah more more than likely yeah yeah so then yeah, you've got to get this bus change like you say getting at 2 30 you'd be like oh i'll be like right i'll have a shower you know like t- 10 to 3 like what time what time we start tomorrow Eight? I'm like eight. It's fucking three now. Like what the fuck? <laughs> right. Seven. I remember just fucking you know, hell. Because you used to get the tube, and then I, sometimes because I was so tired on a morning, and and just I couldn't stand like standing up on the tube. I used to go back on myself. So I used to go stop back so I could get a seat and then go forward. Are you like, serious? The, like, uh, I swear down so I 
so I could sit on the tube and sleep. And then my body knew exactly which stop to get off at. So not every time, though, Tom. Not every sleep. time. Do you remember? Do you remember? No, not every time. <laughs> <laughs> Tell some, I want to hear that story. Tell me. It's so good. Well, when I, I couldn't get myself home. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened? I think I think it was the end of like a 10-day stretch or something. And I'd been... Um, I, I was off the next day, but I'd been I'd been out for a couple of drinks, and I'd, I'd got on the last supper, and I was so tired that I just kept falling asleep, and uh, kept missing my stop. So I kept waking up at either end of the line. <laughs> so I, was, I, w- I woke up in Brixton, and I was like, oh, "Fuck it!" I got back on the back. I fell asleep again, and then woke up like in the northern. Oh, it took me like three hours to get home. I just oh, couldn't get home. Fucking- yeah, it's really weird, like crazy days back then it was really like but you know it, it kind of just builds you doesn't it it's, I, I don't know I couldn't I couldn't do that again now but it was a yeah, yeah, real learning, learning it was curve. it was mega yeah, then, it was mega though Boxwood really I re, you know like I remember when it first opened Ramsey had opened I don't know if it I'm probably talking out of school here but I'm sure it was like one of his first offsprings from when he first did do you know what I mean it was really early right. days. it was I mean, one it, of his first ones and they were doing them ice cream yeah. I think it was the ice cream cones weren't there as like a dessert do you yeah. remember and they uh, also was, did. Do you remember the first. one? I was just the one last. The, we were just talking about this the other day. I was telling Beck. Do you, I, I always fuck this up, so excuse me. And I should, you know, but it, they used to serve that caramel. How do you say it? The the cod raw puree. The caramel. How do you say it, Tom? Cod raw. Yeah, caramel salata. Yeah, caramel salata with the yeah. bread. With the bread. Do you remember that? And they used to have the mussels with. Funny, the, funny you should say. Funny you should say that because. Um, I mean, Stuart was head chef, and um, I obviously he, I hadn't seen him in over ten years, and he he randomly came into the the Laughing Heart about a year ago, and he's like, "Ah, oh, Tom, ah, oh, it's you there, it's you then, is it? Are oh, here?" He's like, "Yeah, oh, great place, great place." He's like, and uh, I, I had Codro on with um, like carrot, like crudités or something. He's like, he's like Codro, he's like. Uh, I invented Cotro. It's like no one was doing Cotro back in the day. <laughs> Blew the minds, it did. Blew the minds. <laughs> and he was right. No one, no one was doing it. it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apart from but, the Greeks for about yeah. 300 years. But apart from that, you know, I don't know. Apart from those guys, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, um, um, yeah, I know what you said. No one was exactly serving that. And there was served the burger as well. I'm sure. Did you have a burger on as well? It was the veal, yeah. It was the veal. With the foie, foie gras. gras yeah, yeah. It? The veal yeah, foie gras burger, like, yeah. 20, 28 pound burger or something. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those places that it, it was just absolutely rammed. It was like. And this is like, what, what year was this? This would have been like 2000 and what? Two or something? I don't know. What will it be? Yeah, 2002, three. I mean, Ramsey was at his prime. He had all, he was in all the big hotels. Yeah, no TV. It wasn't really, t- there was just been, it was just like bo- it was, boiling think, point, wasn't it? That was I rem- probably about it. No, back. I, I remember, I remember he, it was just starting. Um, it was just starting his TV work because uh, on my first day, on my first day at the Boxwood, um, Ramsey came in and he had a big film crew. And I was, I was on the veg section. I was going down like a sack of shit. Dude. I was just like swinging. And then there's just like this TV camera in my face. I was like, what the fuck's going on? But he was filming like content for um, the F word. Oh, the, the F word. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was a pretty good show. So he, was, he was. He was filming for that, but yeah. So he was, he was, yeah, he was, and this was his first kind of, you know, non, kind of going down another route kind of thing. Which a bit more of a casual all, dining, all, wasn't it? 
which is what he does now, basically. But it was Stuart's kind of vision, you know, to, to kind of take. It was all based on because Stuart spent time in New York in um, um, at Daniel, and he wanted to kind of replicate Gramercy Tavern and Union Square Cafe and those kind of more casual, high end, big big restaurants and more casual food and casual dining and, and bringing it to London and it kind of um, yeah it was, it was one of the first of its kind I think it, it was um, it was really good and then you, you mentioned New York and that that's what opened the door for you to actually go to New York wasn't it well yeah I mean again I'd, I've been I've been there about a year and you know I, I was looking right what, what else do I do and um, you know I didn't really enjoy living in London I mean I I had no social life. I didn't. I didn't really have any friends, and I was just working the whole time. And I thought, I'm, I'm you know, I want to get out of here. And it was it was uh, Ginger at the time who he was down here. He was working. At, he said, "Oh, do, do you fancy moving to New York?" I was like. Oh, New York that sounds like a fucking great idea. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up for New York. So I, I told Stuart, I was like, I said, Stuart, I'm thinking about leaving and I want to go to New York next. He says, right, you know how head chefs are back there. He's like, right, you know, leave it with me. So he left it with me. I didn't hear anything from Stuart for like six months. So he was like, obviously trying to get his time out with me. And um, he pulled me in the office. He said, ah, oh, Tom, uh, New York, great. Yeah, um, yeah, fine. Uh, but, uh, I've got you a job. I was like, oh, class, amazing. Thanks very much. Because you're going to be working at a place called Soho House. I was like, brilliant. I was like, never heard of Soho House. I was like, <laughs> but is it, is it in New York? Yes, it'll, it'll do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, this is awesome. I've got a job. I'm going to go to New York. And uh, I'm going to work at this place called Soho House. And I was like, everything's made. And um Jim's uh, kind of pulled out last last minute. He didn't want to go anymore. I thought oh, I'm still going to go. And then Stuart pulled me back in the office. I think it was like a couple months later. He goes, oh, Tom, change of plan. Um, <laughs> not going to work at Soho House anymore. Because you're going to work at a place called uh, Per Se. I was like, Per Se. I said, Brilliant. No problem. I was like, Great. Never heard of that either. I was like, I mean, uh, I says, I'm not going to work at Soho House. I want to work at Per Se. But obviously, I went home and did my research. And this was before I knew that Thomas Keller was attached to Per Se. And, um, yeah, I'd, I, the French Laundry was blowing up at this time. I think it just got best restaurant in the world. And um, they obviously opened Per Se. And I think it was about 18 months old when I got the opportunity to go there. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I just looked into it. I was like, fucking hell. I was like, it's a fucking three-star uh, I was like, well, you know, nothing bad. I was just like, nothing ventured, nothing gained. And uh, yeah, I ended up um, getting my visa and I headed off to Per Se, which was fucking incredible. I mean, um, but talking about uh, one, one minute you live with a stripper and then next minute it, you were living with it. What, what was that? It was a trans, like a transgender <laughs> cabaret, wasn't it? But, my mum's going to be listening to this, Robbie. We can't, we can't get all the, we can't get all the stories out. That's like, that's like one of my biggest secrets. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I mean, I'll give you the, I'll give you the, um, the, the, the clean version. But uh, yeah, I, I was like super naive. I, I got my visa and basically moved to New York. I flew over. My mum and dad had put me up in in a hotel for the first night. And then they'd put me in a hostel for the next two nights. 
and then basically that was it. I, I, I had like three nights to find uh, <laughs> accommodation, find, find, find somewhere to live. And this is like, I mean, obviously the internet was around, but this is before like no iPhones and that was a Google Earth and all that shit. No, no I mean I, you, Google you know, Maps sat, and that. I'm sat exactly. I'm sat. I'm sat in a fucking internet cafe, like trawling fucking Craigslist in a fucking in a in a city that I'd never been in before it was madness um yeah and I've, I found this place and uh it was basically just a it was a, a bed in this what I thought was a woman's uh um <laughs> apartment I mean it was great location it was right in the middle of midtown and out of the one little tiny window in the back you could see the Empire State buildings I was like oh this is great oh and um yeah, I, I was there for the first three months. Basically, I was paying like eight hundred dollars a month to sleep on this couch with this <laughs> woman who, she, she, you know, she told me she was a dancer on Broadway. Uh, so I just like took, a, you know, I was a young naive. But yeah, I, I was. I remember I had. She was really weird. And then I remember I had a friend come over from uh, the UK and she made this massive deal about her staying with us. And she says, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to move out then while your friend comes in. I was like, all oh, right, fine, whatever. She left me this note saying, oh, you know, like milk in the fridge, I'll be back this time or whatever. And I was like, right, fair enough. And then my friend came over and she was like, um, you know, your roommate's got real boys handwriting. I was like, really? She goes, yeah, that's a real bloke's handwriting. I was like, all oh, right. And then I remember look, we had some work done. Uh, we had some work done in the, like someone replacing the air conditioning unit or something like that. And um, and uh, he was like, right, Anthony, uh, I'm out of here. I was like, Anthony? <laughs> she put me in there. And then we anyway, so I ended up, I was living with like this this bloke rather than a girl but hey you live and learn don't you experience so, it's all, uh, yeah, I mean, it all goes to the story doesn't it yeah i mean it was pretty funny but hey so so yeah i ended up at per se and uh, i was there for 18 months it was so like i mean I'd, I'd come out of this you know this cafe into a three star and it was like such a massive learning curve i've never been through like a something like that before as so, a i mean I, I just, I hadn't even been cooking that long, and to be fair, maybe three or four years and never to that standard. It was, and to go to go to a place where it was three-star Michelin and everything had to be so perfect. It was really, really, really tough. Um, and I, I just thought I wouldn't make it at first. I was like, this is like... Uh, outrageous i was like i just thought i'd get fired every every day i was going in i thought oh, i'm gonna get fired i'm gonna get fired i'm gonna get fired i'm gonna get fired but i just got my head down and you know um kind of got through it there's like a changing point where because ramsey's is very like make you or break you mentality you know i used to see so many guys come and go there and they were just like they would just torture you until either you got it and you were part of the core team or you just leave you know i'd seen so many people just come in and they'd gone by lunch and they'd li- i got so many knives off people because they just leave the knives so like, <laughs> but um so i had that mentality inside my head when i went to uh, per se and it was completely different it was you know, I just thought I'd get fired all the time in, in reality that you were there to, because you were there to learn, basically, and they, they were 
you know, I, there came to a point where I'd fucked, well, I'd fucked something up and I was shitting it. And I think it was like these fennel crisps and uh, I'd overcooked uh, them and they, they were fucked basically. And this was at six o'clock and, you know, they needed these fennel crisps for service at half, half six. And, um, Jonathan Benno, the head chef at the time, like took me to one side. I thought, this is it, you know, this is where I get fired. This is where I'm, I'm going home. And he just like sat me down. He's like, hey, Tommy, he's like, you know, you're not working in a London dungeon anymore. He's like, you need to calm down and enjoy working here, enjoy your job. You're here because, you know, someone like me and John, me and uh, Stuart saw something in you and he said, just relax, take your time. You've got all the time in the world here to concentrate on your job. And he was like, and that was it. After that, I just relaxed and I just got did, into it. And did it click at that? Was that? Did that click? Did it? Do you reckon? Tom? It was that. It was that moment. Like the next day, I was just in a whole different frame of mind, and I, I just, you know, I just really, really enjoyed it after that. And I mean, don't get me wrong, it was like oh, it was hard. super yeah, yeah, tough, yeah, yeah, but. But the discipline, you know, I mean, and the 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 way they work there is just. I mean, those are the kind of skills that never leave you after that, you know. Um, and it was it was just a real amazing, amazing place. And and to meet, uh, I met at that time. The I mean, the, the the group of people I met there are still all good friends now, and they've gone on to do an amazing amazing things as well. Um, so yeah, it was right place at the right time for me. And just as a twenty one year old living in New York and. It was, yeah, it was, it was brilliant. It really was. And that's where you met Guy as well, so, wasn't it? Guy was there at the time, who you went on to work at the Red Lion with. Yeah, that's right. Um, there was actually, there was quite a lot of English guys there at, at that point. Um, there was um, obviously James Naffet, who met, it was like a, a, a kind of, matchmaking restaurant as well. James came over and he met Sandia. He was working um, front of house and obviously they, they got married and um, moved back and James obviously has a kitchen table and, and uh, just got his second star last year. And then you had Tom Sellers who he, he was even younger than me. I think he was 19. He'd come fresh out of Tom Aitkins and he worked there and obviously he, he's got story now, one star. And, uh, and then we had Guy and Guy came over and he, he was out at Shea Bruce and he was a little bit older. He'd only been cooking a few years and he met Brittany who was from Jersey. Um, who was on the pastry and they, they came back to England and got married. And uh, yeah, that's who I eventually started to, um, went to work for in, uh, in Wiltshire. So they, they'd come back and, um, got married and they were looking for, um, basically they were looking for a pub and guys from Wiltshire and they were looking for something in that area. And they found this, beautiful little thatch roof country pub right in them it was in a little village called east chisholmbury which is in the middle of nowhere and um yeah they, they took it on and and, and brit became pregnant and um i think i was in durham at the time i wasn't really doing anything and i think it was around the point where you, you we were both at the back at the bistro yeah we'd, the, we'd, we were doing we, stuff because, because we after, doing after new york yeah after new york if you remember we both we i was working at you were in new york and i was working at jesmond dean house wasn't i do you remember and um you that come yeah you come back and you you started working at jesmond dean house with us for a bit and then you like you are fucking 
a moving stone doesn't gather any moss. You were like, right, like I'm, I'm out. No, of no, here. this was that. That was after that because no, it wasn't. This was after Australia. It was after Australia. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you so come back. It, no, you come back from New York if you remember. You come back from New York and then you come back to and you come I, work to Jasmine Dean House and then you left Jasmine Dean House and you went to you went to to, to Sydney. Australia. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm exactly yeah, what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah. you. I said that you, you know you don't you were there for a few months and you're like oh I'm going again I'm I want to go traveling again so you went to Australia and then I was like and I was meant to go to Canada. Do you remember? I was meant to go with Andrew yeah, Richardson. I was going to go to Canada, yeah, yeah. and I had my visa, and then my visa kind of fell through, and the restaurant fell through, and all the rest of it. It just didn't work out. And you were like, "Well, why don't you just come out to Australia?" I was like, "Well, all right, well, I'll just." That come. was it. That yeah, was yeah. It. And then, then we did a year. In, well, I did a, a year in Australia, and you, and then I come back, and I went to the Fat Duck and started at the Fat Duck and then I started working at the Bistro. You stayed on in Sydney and then you come back to England and you needed a job so you come and work with us at the Bistro and then again that was only to help us out I think it was help us out over Christmas or something wasn't it? Is that right? Or the, get it up and running with me get up and running then you went to Wiltshire and worked with Guy do you remember? Yeah, yeah I mean I was only I was only supposed to go down there for two weeks just while Brit had the baby, and then I ended up being down there for nearly three years. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And that, but I think that you that that's where you started really, um, really getting hold of, really understanding the management side of things and the running of things. Do you not reckon? Yeah, even cooking. I mean, um, I think when you're going through these big kitchens, I mean, you're learning how to be organized and disciplined and clean and I mean and you, you're not really you get the opportunity to get hold of like whole animals or breaking stuff down or or making bread or 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 what you, you know doing these things that, that's all came to me at, um, down at the red lion where because just sorry, you know, in the big kitchens, like the bread team will make the bread, and the butcher will make will do the butchery, and the, do you know what I mean? So unless you're there for like five years, there's a good chance you're not going to get on that section, right? Exactly. I mean, um, per se, I only I was in the commie kitchen for six months, which I mean, basically, I was picking herbs, making pasta, making sauces, um, doing making oils, like. Uh, it wasn't, you know, you'd be lucky to even get a hold of like a piece of fish or, or like a piece of, or cook a piece of meat or, or anything like that. And then I worked the cheese section as well. And by the time, I, and then I got into starters. And by the time I ended three months on starters, and then that, my time was up, you know. So, um, yeah, you have to, in that, those kind of kitchens, you have to, have to be there a while to go go through the whole kitchen. Yeah, I mean, we got down to the red line. It was still relatively new. I think they'd only opened a year before, and it, because it was in the middle of nowhere, I mean, you'd get those nights where you'd only have two booked on a Tuesday night, or like you'd only sometimes you wouldn't do anyone on a night, and and so you found. Have you done a service where you've you done no one? one? Have you done a service where you've done no one? I, d I don't think so. Yeah. I, okay. um, yeah. I don't think so. Maybe, uh, maybe That's a, maybe, that's maybe a tough day as a business, that. Fuck about. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I mean, it was such a... It was only the three of us. It was Guy and Brit and me. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, we, all lived up, we all lived upstairs, you know. Yeah, and they just won't pay you for that day. Well, we didn't do anyone. So why should <laughs> I pay you? <laughs> you didn't do anything. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, Guy, Guy was like, 
so he just kind of gave me gave me the reins basically and it was you know he would just order stuff in I, I was a bit worried when I went down there I thought oh, man, I'm going to be bored down here you know used to living in these big cities and um, but it was probably the most rewarding time of my life as a cook because you know you'd get up in the morning and you just all, all you had to do was nothing else to do apart from concentrate on your cooking that's where you kind of learned the craft of breaking down animals and making terrines and making sauces really well and and just having the time time to you know really hone hone your skills um learning how to make bread and we started making butter you know just living in the country we had pigs in the we raised pigs in the in the backyard and we had our own vegetables growing and you know there was wild watercress in the stream just down and then we'd go up onto the plains and pick mushrooms and it was just you know a whole new whole new like string to my bow again of beautiful of really location wasn't it where, beautiful location i, I oh, love that place it was yeah. beautiful it's yeah. still going and you you guys want to star there right yeah i mean um when I first went for the interview with Guy, he was like, yeah, you know, I mean, if we, um, you know, I've been down there too. He said, why don't you just stay down here? I mean, he says, I think, you know, we could win a star here. I was like, yeah, right. And then, um, yeah, we, we, we had them, we had the Michelin inspectors in a couple of times and we missed out on it one year. And then I remember being in, I was in bed, like above the, above the pub and guy comes bawling. He never knocks. He just balls in, you know, it's like, uh, and it was the year where the, um, the guide had been leaked. So uh, I think it was two weeks before the actual guy came out that they delete. I don't know if they did it on purpose or, or what. It, it was a PR stunt or, or whatever. But the um, it, they were the the results had come up online, and a uh, guy had seen it. And he came bowling. He's like, oh, "We've won a star! We've won a star!" I was like, "Fucking hell!" And um, and then. And then he took him back down again. We had to wait, like, and we were like, "Have we won?" Or yeah, was it just a, was it just a scam or something? Just yeah, to get it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we had to wait another two weeks to for it to be confirmed. Uh, um, yeah, that was a real highlight in my career as well, and it, it, it just you know, it, um, just the three of us working together in that vicinity, and we had we took on staff after that, but it was all very like. You'd have low because there's no one around there. You'd have like the guy from the like the the young guy from the village working alongside you, and that's where you really learn man management. It was kind of like you would run the kitchen, and he would be like doing things for you in the sense that we'd be like, okay, pull that out the fridge, like put that there. I'm gonna come round and quenel that in a minute. And it was, it was the same like working 100 miles per hour, but you were only doing like 20 20 covers or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it was an amazing achievement and a, an amazing feeling. And yeah, it, it just came on leaps and bounds from there. They opened up, um, they took on a property down the, the road called uh, Troutbeck and converted it into rooms. And uh, so now they have bed and breakfast and five rooms down there. It's just a really idyllic, lovely place, especially in the summer. It's, it's, it's just a beautiful place. I really enjoyed my time down there. But like you said, prior to that, we were in Sydney together and you repaid the favour by getting a an apartment you said oh, i've got this apartment you should come and stay with me do you remember yeah you <laughs> were then, like uh yeah. i was thinking well i've stitched <laughs> I him mean, up I, once. Think, I think i think yeah i think 
your partner now got for you was of slightly high, high, higher calibre than the one that you got me in Manchester. I don't think I'll, I, I don't think said, I'll ever you, live in an apartment. You said that was probably the best thing I've ever. You said that's probably the best thing I've ever done for you. <laughs> and I fucking stand by it. To be fair, the um, <laughs> it was honestly. I'll never. We'll never live in an apartment again. Again. Well, hopefully, we'll never live together again. To be honest, but I hope that yeah. we'll probably yeah. never live in an apartment like that again. It was amazing. <laughs> Man, it was oh, looking over Darling, Darling Harbour, wasn't it? It was like, granted, there was like 30 yeah, se- I mean, 37 of us from like 14 different nations, yeah. but it doesn't really matter. Well, but, go on. Well, when we, when we got down to Sydney, I, I, uh, after, after working in London for, you know, two years and then going out to New York for another and just working at that pace and I was just... I was kind of like burnt out by that time and uh, I, I just... I, Moved to Australia and did. I just took some time out and did six months tra- um, traveling. My little brother came out and we went over up the east coast and up through the outback. And I just didn't really cook or have any worries or stress for six months. And I highly recommend that to anyone at some point in their career to take a step back and kind of re. It was such an important thing for me to do to. Um, realign yourself a little bit and re-energize and and kind of find yourself again uh i was just like a completely new person after that and coming into sydney but yeah you know you 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 spent the last six months sharing your bedroom like on bunk beds or like in the back of camper vans or or whatever with people so by the time we got to sydney we found that apartment and there's three there's three people in that bedroom when we first moved in in your room Um, in your room yeah, in my room, yeah. Yeah, it was two bunk beds and one alongside it. I mean, granted, the rent was cheap and the apartment was awesome, but, um, yeah, you just don't th- I w- you don't think twice about, like, sharing your room with someone. Yeah, you yeah. You just got that whole, like, no worries kind of vibes going on. Um, but, yeah, it was great. It was on the... It was on the 18th floor, wasn't it? Overlooking, overlooking Darling Harbour. Every weekend was fireworks, wasn't there? Every weekend was the fireworks. Every, that? every Saturday, yeah, every seven Saturday. o'clock firework yeah, yeah. display. Over Darling yeah. Harbour, it was amazing. Yeah. There was a pool and a jacuzzi and the roof and a gym and a sauna and yeah. steam room and right in on just off Liverpool Street again, just off George yeah. Street in the city. It took like 20 minutes to walk to work through the city. It was just the best. It was like, fuck, it was good. It was a really good spot. Yeah. I mean, that was another, like, great time in my life of just the people we met around that time and and the jobs we had and that whole wave. I don't know, the Aussies have just got it right, haven't they, and the whole the way they live. And it was just, yeah, it was... Um, it was great. We were just on the edge of Chinatown, weren't we? And that's when we first started eating all, you know, the, the dining scene in Sydney is just like unreal, isn't it, for Asian food? And for all, you know, it's just, got. I think it's really good time. on every level. You know what I mean? You've got like good burger joints and fat, like a bit more like fast foody but cool joints. You've got like really really fine top end places. You've got really good Asian. It's it's you know it's got it's got a good good level of everything. I, I would say. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. It um, doesn't kind of have the constraints as um, as London does, you know. L- London's it's changing now, but was deeply 
you know, deeply embedded in classic French cookery, uh, whereas Australia just is quite a, a, you know, Sydney's a newer, newer city, and the influence from Asia and stuff it has no Michelin guide, you know, so it's kind of people just come what they want. So it's a, it's a lot more free and easy. Definitely. And um, how did you get the job yeah. at Rockpool? What, what made you go to Rockpool? When we finished traveling, we we finished off in Sydney and. I stay. I, I was planning on staying another year, and my little brother went home, and I applied for a job at Pier. You know the fish restaurant Pier. Originally, yeah, yeah. I was there for about. I was there. I was there for about a month. It was horrible. Um, <laughs> I loved him. He was, that was off the, his head. My, <laughs> it, oh, it was crap. It was like I. I got the Pier cookbook. I was like, oh, this looks amazing. Don't get me wrong. That was some of the best fish I've ever worked with, like in my whole career. It was outstanding. Um, but the whole the whole place was like falling to bits. And I mean, Grant King was this Kiwi head chef. He was just like off his rocker, man. He was just like he was just like throwing the, like the young kids around the kitchen. And he, I just, thought, oh. I mean, that was full on in travel mode at this point. You know I, mean? I was, I was like, going to work in me thongs. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I was, yeah. I was like, take it easy, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but I just had a real bad time. I just had a real bad time of it. I remember him saying to me, uh, uh, I, put a f- I put a fish on a dirty tray or something and he'd seen it and he pulled me outside. He was like, mate, he was like, if I ever see you do that again, I'll, uh, if I'll, I'll f- he goes, if I see you on the street, I'll kick your fucking head in. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, I'm not, I'm not having this. And then, and then uh, it was like one service, and I had a show phone on the back on like a, a ring, and I just left it there all night, and it was, it was just like the, it, it, it was just burnt, like there was a, it was just burnt to a fucking crisp, and I was like, oh, fuck. so I hit, so I just hit the pan, and I went, I went home, and I rang him in the, I rang him in the morning, and said, oh, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna come back. And you he might want to. Like, you might want to look be, behind the. You might want to look behind the cupboard. That's the. O, that's the only job in my career like that. I've walked out on like all bottled. You know, I was like, fuck this, and I'm not. I, mean, I, I just can't fucking take it. I'm fucking. I was worried for my life. Um, <laughs> so then, oh, um, funny. So then, yeah, I just, I just, I'd heard of Rockpool at this point, and I just applied for the job, and um, yeah, I, w- I went down there, and uh, there wasn't a job available, and I just ended up being there for nearly a year. It was just a breath of fresh air, really, and that's obviously Neil Perry's. Um, he, he's just, a, you know, a real uh, icon um, in 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 Australian cooking, and he he. Uh, that's where I first started to cook with uh, Asian flavors and, and met, met a really good bunch of people working there as well. And I just that's when I just really started enjoying cooking in Sydney. And yeah, but you know, then the visa was up. I had like a month left on the, on the visa, and they were just opening Barn uh, Barn Grill at that point. Um, the big, and then down in the basement was Spice Temple. Like it was a uh, you know kind of low lit. Um, underground 
Chinese restaurant, Cool Beats, um, regional Chinese food. But Good really cocktails well done, and that one, really. it create cocktails. Yeah, yeah. kind of like Hakazan vibes, but um, the focus on the cooking was a lot better. They were like, look, we're opening this Chinese restaurant um, and you've got a month left on your visa. He says, why don't you just come over and help us, help us open this restaurant before you go back to England? And I was like, oh, I was humming an R and I was like, oh, I don't, like, I don't really want to cook Chinese food. I've never thought about it, really. Yeah, sweet like, and yeah, sour yeah, chicken. Okay, no I'm not into sweet and sour chicken and <laughs> yeah, yeah. beef and black bean and that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, lemon chicken. Yeah. I was like, where are the prawn crackers? <laughs> um, but I love Chinese so, chips. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I took the I took I started working there, and I was like, I, I just this is great, you know. Um, learning all the it was just completely new style of of cooking and something I'd never even like come across before, like working with all those chilies and, and balancing flavors on on the higher level of you know Szechuan and all these vinegars and and. Um, you know, learning how to cook in woks and uh, it was just, uh, and I just loved the, like it really suited my personality as well. I just loved the whole speed of everything and how fast it, like from from start to finish, you could do like a dish in like under two minutes in the wok, you know, it was, it was just really, ex- it's a real exciting way of, co- of cooking and service. And I just um, fell in love with it. And they were like, oh, do you want to stay? I was like, yeah. So I got sponsored and ended up staying another another year there as um as sous chef which was um yeah it was a real i, I, know, I, like, I worked upstairs remember up. we again so we, glad i did it yeah but yeah it was awesome it was it was that was a great time as well because we were but that's the same building i worked upstairs do you remember i worked at baron grill it was fun. yeah it was I amazing mean, we, we used to we used to swap sta- um staff food didn't we because, yeah yeah uh, yeah you, I w- we were sick of eating rice, fried rice for staff. We were sick mints, of having all that, all that, that wagyu mints. Yeah, wagyu mints and that like <laughs> fucking wagyu See? mints again. You've got to be or intercostals, <laughs> braised intercostals yeah. again. Fucking hell, do you know? And then, yeah. like you say, and then you'd be middle of service or like back end of service, and you know, a plate of dumplings would come up or that hot and numbing. What what was it? Hot and numbing wings or whatever. It was, just like or different these spices that like. And again, I didn't have a fucking clue, and I, I still don't. To be totally honest, I never, I never really got the opportunity. <laughs> so I was like, I've, I've worked in, yeah. in, uh, a few times in both, but um, yeah, but not by not in like a few days here and there. So every time I go, it's just it blows my mind. Like I, I, I love yeah. it. It's one of the most simple dishes that they do, and that's that. Um, I don't know if they did it when you were there. Actually, the peanuts with the black vinegar. Have you had that dish, Tom? It's fucking delicious, honestly. What, just as a snack? As a snack, yeah. It's like... Yeah, it's just like fried peanuts I think tossed, in, tossed in spice and, and black vinegar. It's, well, they're like, it's, it's, like, it's quite wet. I think they're just like... They might even... I don't know if they're fried. I think they might just be like monkey nuts. You know, like mon- like like pop nuts. I think they might be... Do you know what I mean? I think, oh, they're yeah. Not, just like, yeah. They're still in that, that like brown... In the brown outer skin. With the yeah. with the black vinegar, yeah. it's bloody, it's lovely, man. It's a, it's absolutely. Uh, it was great, and the, the product was really good as well. I mean, they were buying the best, the best meat in, and, and the wagyu. You take the wagyu from us, do you remember? Yeah, you like different cuts. It was of, really good, and, and the tanks. The, do you remember know, the tanks in Sydney, the Tom? Sorry, it went over again. Tanks, yeah, yeah so. the live tank. That was the first time I ever seen them when I got to Australia, where you got abalone yeah. and, and lobsters in live tanks in the kitchen, just swimming around. Yeah, peepees so you, and. I mean, you'd, you, you'd get a, you'd get a lobster in order and um, 
you know, you, you, they would, they would, I think the guests would play it by the weight and you'd weigh it and then, yeah, you'd kill it live, live out the tank. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, yeah, you just shove it in the deep fat fryer. <laughs> I've never seen, I've never seen, I love it. I'm like, I, I don't think twice about it now, but I was like, everything you've been like, cause they used to do whole birds in that, wouldn't they? Whole birds. Yeah. I mean, it's a real, a real, um, Chinese technique of you know, steaming or steeping uh, pigeons or or whole chickens or ducks or, or whatever, and then you know you'd let the air dry and get the skin nice and dry on them, and then you'd just fry the whole bird. And uh, yeah, that chicken is bloody amazing. beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's like you really get that. Um, there's probably some technical word which I pro- should probably know, but when you slice a chicken, it just looks like one piece of meat, as opposed to like you know when you get like the individuals like. You know, it's overcooked and a little bit dry, and you see the individual strands from the muscles almost. Like the yeah, no. When you do yeah. that, it's just like it looks like just like one piece of like sponge. It's just fucking beautiful, man. So good. Yeah. So I still I do that. I mean, I've taken so much influence from Spice Temple into what we do at the Laughing Heart as well. I mean, we uh, we don't do lunch at the Laughing Heart. We just do um, dinners. But we're one of the very last places on that strip on Hackney Road, which has a 2am license. Um, so the bars open, well, the restaurants open till 2am every night. Um, but we serve food, do our main menu until 11. And then from 11 till 1, we do uh, late night dining, which is basically just all dishes interpreted from spice temple like hot numbing wings and you know pickled cucumbers and and uh, like fried tofu and just real like late night food um, right good good late night late food. night snacks yeah, yeah yeah which is people love it it's so tasty and it, it really lends itself to uh, natural wine as well so which yeah, again it, yeah, um, that's one of your focuses isn't it At the bar is um is natural yeah. wine what you know like and we, i'd love like i'd love I'd love to open a Chinese restaurant down the line as well, and, and get a Chinese and, wife and do, have some Chinese children, and then it'd be done. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? Exactly, yeah. Know <laughs> me too well. <laughs> it's true. They love that pale skin, that pale skin of yours, buddy. The um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, but like to be honest, we, we can't go into some things that we want. I'd, I'd love to talk about, and we'll get you back on here before you know in a few months and talk a bit more about it. But you know, it's took you eighteen years. 18 years you've been cooking around about there in 18 years or something yeah and you're just now starting to get the the recognition i wouldn't say that you deserve but because you probably didn't deserve it prior then to be fair but um it's just it's, it things is. Are, <laughs> just joke just play with you man but the um it's just um you just start to get a bit of traction in england and, and getting a bit of a reputation and name for yourself what's kept you motivated and what keeps you motivated motivated now to keep going well, you know, it's just been a, a long, not a long process, but I just haven't been in any rush to jump into like, I, I think I, I was a first sous chef when I was like 28 or something, you know, like I've just been enjoying my career. I, I already all, always knew that, I mean, you, you can find, you know, you, I've got chefs come to me for jobs now and they're 22 year old and they've already been a sous chef somewhere, you know, so we're having I mean, have you had the chance to go and explore your career and go and work in different restaurants? And just never felt the. I mean, who wants to be a sous chef? Like when you can go work the line in in like four or five different restaurants all around the world. And so yeah, I mean, um, yeah, just and, um, my first head chef's job was when I was thirty. So 
Um, Hit the red line. Yeah, the mean, red, is that the red line? Yeah. At the um, yeah, the red line, and then obviously at the Laughing Heart now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's come to it's taken that long to you know carve out my career, and I'm I'm, I'm glad I've done it that way rather than you know. You got some proper experience, it, but, some life experiences. Yeah, exactly. I mean, any young chef going into this career, I mean, it's probably be fast-tracked a little bit now, but I mean, there's so so much opportunity and experience out there that you can go and gain and go and live your life a little bit as well before you have to lock yourself into these jobs where you're trying to train other people when really you're not, you don't really have the experience yourself, you know, so you, you can't yeah, I just have, feel what you can't definitely have is the repetition. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't be, in my view, you can't be 22 and have the repetition because you, you haven't done it for 15 years. Do you know what I mean? Like you need that, yeah. re- you need that repetition in my view. That's just my opinion. So what's keeping yeah. you motivated now to keep going and, and have you got an exit? Have you got an exit plan? Because you can't keep um, doing this. You know, you, you're coming up to 40 now, so you can't... I'm not coming up to 40, oh, you? Mate. <laughs> I've just turned 30. Oh, right, okay, now. sorry, sorry. That must be me. You, Fuck, that must be me. Yeah. The, uh, you, you, and you, think, you think we're the same age, but <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm at least 10 years younger than you. That's definitely not oh, true. I'm pretty sure. That's definitely. How old are you? Really? I think you're like thirty-four, right? I think you're thirty-four. I just just turned thirty-four. Yeah, yeah January, yeah. January the twenty. Yeah. What is it? January twenty-seven. Is it twenty-seven? Yeah. The, there you go. Fucking hell! You think I don't even listen to what you say? Yeah. Um, no, I mean it's it's an exciting it's an exciting part of my life now because you, you've when we were kids and and we were just starting out. Remember, we used to sit in your car and and um, smoke cigarettes, listen listen to music, and we would talk about, you know, the big chefs in London and what people were doing and what the style of food they're doing. And we were like, you know, we never dreamed that one day you'd become, like, one of those people, you know? And I feel as though um, London's a really exciting place to be cooking right now. There's, there's loads going on. There's loads of amazing restaurants, and uh, the standard is so good across all cuisines, all the board. And, um, yeah, and you're starting to get a big bit of recognition and um you know for the restaurant to start getting like for people to recognize your style of food and, and to want it and uh, it's and things are starting to like i don't know build a bit of momentum as well doors um, are opening aren't there some so, do- a few doors are opening here and there yeah exactly i mean um that's a, the good thing about this career is it's never been like stagnant it's always been progressing and there's never been um, yeah, that's a great to, point. Well, have, that's a great, great point. Absolutely. Never been times where you're like, well, there has been times where you're like, oh, what the fuck am I doing? I need to make the next step, kind of thing. But at this point, it's like, um, yeah, there's there's so much opportunity, especially down here. And you know, every week you get a phone call and they're like, oh, do you want to do this or uh, do you fancy doing that? And so, yeah, it, it's 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 exciting. Yeah, it's good. And and to have the freedom and have the opportunity to not really have any uh, barriers or b- parameters in, in what I'm doing as a chef and to have that free reign of just being able to cook exactly what I want every day. And um, uh, that's, uh, I, I think 
it's quite rare for chefs these days to have that opportunity. So yeah, ble- very blessed in the in the in the in the position I am in at the moment. Definitely. And then I, I always love to ask these questions with chefs who've worked in a lot of restaurants and whatnot about chefs that you've worked with. I guess a shout out, but I always get fascinated. Like, oh, did you work with any good chefs? It's just it's probably a bit of a personal thing that you know that I like to hear. But did you, who are some of the great chefs you've worked with over the years? Obviously, Stuart. Stuart was a massive influence at the Boxwood as well. Not so much in cooking, but he was um, he knew how to like drive you and get the best out of you. And and obviously he he gave me the opportunity to go over to to New York. Um, worked with some amazing chefs at Per Se as well. I think um, there's a guy there was a sous chef at the time there called Phil Philip Tessier. Uh, he's an American American guy who went on to. Um, he went on to. He won the Baku Star, didn't he? Book, he he competed in it, and I think he got um, bronze when he competed. But the next the next year, he coached he coached the team USA, and they won gold. And now he's like wrote a whole book about it, and he was just like an incredible influence in the way he worked and the the way he. He, he had respect for his job and the way he could teach other people and stuff. He really helped me um, uh, through those through those like tough times of starting starting that job at um, per se, uh, like at per se as well. And then obviously Guy Manning for like giving me the giving me free reign and just letting me kind of develop my my own like skills and, and time at, at the at the the red line as well. Um, so yeah, I think the, those like, yeah the main ones three or four. Yeah, and, yeah, and you've you've started. You've recently started a running club, right? Yeah, I'm trying to get it off the ground now. I mean, um, well, let's hear about it. What I is just, it? Tell me. I just I I just go through phases of. Uh, I've always been a good runner. I, I mean, I, I I was on the cross country team at school, and um, you built for running, um, aren't you? Let's be honest. I am. I am, and it's something I'm good at, and. Um, I've just found in recent years, I have all this like mad pent up energy. That's why I can't like stand still or, um, you know, I'm just like, it's as though I've, I wake up and I've already drank like 20 double espressos or something. That's how I feel like, when I wake up every day. And I think when I was a younger chef, like when you're tearing about the kitchen all day and you're like, you're busy and you're doing like shitloads of mise en passe and then you're doing a busy service, that energy, like you can kind of get rid of it in that, in that way. And, but so by the time you get home, you're all, you can't burn out and yeah, relax yeah. and you can sleep. But, but these days, like the, the, my, it's the, I can't really burn that energy off at work anymore because my, uh, it's like kind of different structure, you know. It's more like, uh, you, you know, you do a few jobs and then you're meeting people. And yeah, you've got like a different burning. role. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're not running around yeah, like so a I young kid I, anymore, I, get it? Yeah, so I found myself like having like, it's like not, it's like anxiety and tension, which is all built up in, which I find it really hard to concentrate sometimes or to like So, so stay, are, you, are you being serious? On, anxiety? You, de- you get like an anxiety? Is that true that time, is it? It's not an- anxiety. It's like nervous, like pent up energy, nervousness. But yeah. I found if, you know, if I go for a run, uh, if I run before work or go for a run on an afternoon, that just helps like settle everything down, you know, and then I can concentrate. It's just a way of, of getting rid of that uh, mad energy that's inside me so but yeah i mean i've started running again 
um, and I'm just trying to set up a, a, a club for for any like chefs or um, anyone in hospitality really who just want you know to hang out on a Sunday morning and just do a quick run and then have a like a breakfast more of a social thing really for uh, just a nice way to meet new people and uh, talk about your jobs or whatever and, and get fit at the same time there's a few um, people now that are doing that aren't there you know I, um, like chefs that are out there that are doing a lot of running so I, 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 get, I think go on. I think it yeah, I think it's um, yeah, it's it, it, it kind of goes hand in hand with with the job as well. Like you, it's stamina, isn't it? You have to be like for this job, especially when you're getting older. Like um, you, you kind of need to be fit and healthy, and you need to be be in a in a right mental state to 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 do those hours still and to and to get the best out of yourself on a day to day basis because all those agree. all those I couldn't agree more. All those vices are still there. I mean, we work in the industry where we're surrounded by by long hours and stress and 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 alcohol, and it's it's too like it's too easy. Like I'm 34 now, but you know, I still I still like to party. Like I'm a like 21 year old, you know. But it's like, it's, especially in London, you can go and get you can finish work at 1 a.m. There's always people around, like go and have a drink with, and then you know bars are open till whatever, and you know, you can go out all night and, and and then you have to be at work the next day. And it's just like, if you're hungover and, you know, you're just like hating yourself for at least like three days afterwards. It's like just trying to turn that corner and focus on something. Into like, oh, I've, I've something, got to go for a run yeah. tomorrow, so I better not go out kind of spec. Exactly. And I know if I feel like that, there's definitely other people in the, in the industry who feel like that as well and, and want to kind of... You know, socialize, but socialize in a in a more constructive way. You know. Yeah, and, um, yeah, 100%. I totally agree. I couldn't agree. Yeah, it's it's. A, I think it's a great idea. So, if people do want to do it, and they're in London, and they're off on a Sunday, how what do they do? Hit you up, DM you. What do, what's a go? Slide into yeah, your DM. I mean, what do you what do you cool kids say in I'm London? Like slide into my DMs. Is that what you say? <laughs> is that, is that's that right? A new thing. Um, yeah, slid into my DMs. Uh, um, it's a very new. Um, I'm just trying to get it up and running and get all this, um, you know, the Instagram page and, and everything set up for it now. So next, next, well, I mean, t- time as well. So by the end of this month, I hope to have it up and running, and then it'll probably start very small. I mean, I don't care if it's just me and someone else, or just like three people or whatever. It'll just um, yeah, just have that have that opportunity for people to come and come and do a run and, and and then maybe cook some breakfast afterwards at the laughing heart and just get to know a few new faces and network a network but in a in a in a, in a good yeah, exactly. healthy way network know? exactly that's another opportunity for chefs to meet to then talk let's talk things talk suppliers there's heaps about this you know what what you're doing at the moment there's heaps to talk about do you know what i mean what hard times do you finding business hard at the moment is business going good what are you finding with staff there's heaps you can you know what i mean like it's great way of networking Definitely, I think it's a great idea. It's a good way to use up energy. It's a good way to meet new people. I think it's a it's a great great idea. No I'm gonna problem. gonna gonna wind this up. Where can people find you on social media and the rest of it? Uh, so the for the restaurant, it's uh, Laughing Heart. Um, 
on Instagram and um, Tom Anglesey on Instagram. Really easy as well. Um, and then Ang- yeah, how do you spell Anglesey? It's easy. Tom, I, I can. I get Tom. I, that's pretty easy. I reckon I can get that one. And Anglesey. It, well, it's Angle and then the C. So it's A N G L E S E A. And then the restaurant's on Hackney Road, 277 Hackney Road. I love it when you say, yeah, it's dead easy. You know, it's Tom, it's just angle and then C. I'm like, beautiful. So I've got Tom and I've got A. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, perfect. I'm still no fucking none the wiser. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's dead easy. It's just C. It's like, I I had a a lady in the other day and she was like, um, uh, Alice in Frames. It's an amazing story. But um, she goes, she's got this new, new program for kids and it's all about like introducing kids with vegetables and the, the program's called Phenomenon and she's like yeah yeah you know it's called Phenomenon with an M I'm like great <laughs> <laughs> like nice sort of, like, any more letters in there yeah, exactly like I'm gonna like it could be Phenomenon with a fucking Z for me I'm gonna fucking clue it's funny man it cracks me up anyway well listen I normally do a quick fire but I'm not gonna lie I forgot to do it it's, that's 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 the reality <laughs> That's the reality. I just genuinely, I just forgot. I just forgot to do it. Um, but I want to get. We'll, we'll have you on real soon. You'll be back on to tell us about a few things because you've got something exciting coming, in and I'm desperate to talk yeah, about it because I'm yeah. so excited for you and excited about it and proud of you for doing it and and all the rest of it. So yeah, I can't wait to be able to talk about it. So we'll have you on real soon to talk about that. Um, thanks for doing this, Tom. I'd, uh, no, no, you're not welcome. Um, yeah, amazing. I'm so I'm over the moon with what you've what you're achieving, what you've done, the hard work you've put in, and and you know, and I know what you've gone through to do to achieve what you've achieved, and the hard times and the the long hours and and all the moving away, leaving your family, all the rest of it. You know, all the things that we've all been through. So yeah, congratulations on all the luck. I hope you get as many opportunities as that comes your way, and I hope they're all good opportunities. And yeah, for sure. Cheers, Robbie. I'll speak to you. Good to talk to you. Take care. Look after yourself. All right. Take care, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, if you got this far, you must have semi-enjoyed it, so thanks for listening. I hope you did enjoy it, and it wasn't just in your car being played and you just couldn't be asked changing the channel. So, yeah, appreciate it. No, if you did enjoy it, tell a friend, and if you get chance leave a review like i always say i definitely wouldn't leave a review because i'm a lazy fucker and it's not my style to leave reviews like that but what i would do is give a five star or a three star or two star but if you're feeling semi-generous and you got a tiny bit of interest out of this and you thought you know what that wasn't bad wasn't bad for someone who hasn't got a fucking clue what they're doing i'll give that brother a five star if you do that i'll be stoked thanks very much till next week have a good one